Comic Book Savant, episode 458. Welcome back to the Comic Book Savant podcast. I'm your host, James Harris. This episode, we're going to be doing um, a review of Star Wars Rise of Skywalker. Um, I'm going to go ahead and preface this from the beginning. This is going to be a spoiler-filled review. So if you haven't seen the movie yet, uh, pause this episode. Wait till after you've seen the movie and then come back and listen to this episode because I don't want to ruin anything for you. Uh, with that being said, before we get into the episode, as always, I'd like to give a shout-out to my friends over at the Comics Podcast Network. You can find them over at comicspodcast.com. It's a great resource if you're looking for more content similar to what you find here as far as comic book-related uh, content is concerned. They have podcasts like myself, which is a single-person podcast, roundtable discussions, a dual host. You can find a lot of different uh, formats of podcasts there. And then you can find all different types of genres as well. So you can find a podcast that is conversational. You can find one that's on a particular uh, character, publisher, team. Uh, it's so much there if you're, you're looking for comic book related content to listen to on your daily commute or just in general over at the Comics Podcast Network. Again, you can find them over at comicspodcast.com. And uh, definitely, if you have a moment, check them out. And with all that being said, let's go ahead and get into the episode because it's a lot to cover. So we have the final film in the Skywalker, which which has been dubbed now the Skywalker Saga, uh, the ninth film, Rise of the Skywalker. Um, and uh, we have uh, as director, J.J. Abrams is back behind the director's chair. We know he directed um Episode seven, The Force Awakens, uh, also is written by J.J. Abrams in his writing, his longtime car, a car, if I can talk this morning, collaborator, Chris Terrio. Um, they both wrote the script for this and the breakdown for the movie as is followed. Uh, surviving the surviving resistance faces the first order uh, once more in the final chapter of the Skywalker saga. And we have all the main principal uh, actors back. We have Daisy Ridley back as Ray. We have Mark Hamill back as Luke Skywalker, Carrie Fisher back as Leia, uh, Oscar Isaac as Poe, Adam Driver as Kylo Ren, John Boyega as Finn, uh, Jonas, uh, how was it? So, uh, Samatoa, uh, now taking over the role of Chewbacca since we had Peter Mayhew passed away, uh, what was it earlier this year? Uh, rest in peace. Uh, Jimmy V back as R2-D2. Uh, Anthony Daniels back as C-3PO. Uh, I hope I pronounced this correctly. Uh, Dom Hall. Uh, Gleason back as General Hux. Carrie, uh, Kelly Marie Tran back as uh, Rose Tico. Uh, I'm McDermott back as Palpatine. Carrie Russell as Zori Bliss. Lapita Nuango as Maz Kanata. Billy D. Williams reprising his role as Lando Calrissian. Richard E. Grant as Allegiant General Pride, uh, Billy Lord as uh, Lieutenant uh, Connix, and Naomi Aki as Jaina. And what I have to say about this movie, because it's, it's been a super divisive movie by different things or different uh, things you you can see or hear about the film since this, you know, uh, even before it came out, when reviewers first start seeing the film. And um, I have to say this first and foremost, as just a piece of entertainment as a film, as did it entertain me or not, I felt like 
um, for me, The Rise of Skywalker was a entertaining, fun movie. Now, um, it's but it's a movie after you know you walk out of the theater and you start thinking about certain aspects of the movie. That's when it can kind of unravel with the the deeper meaning of of things, and I'm going to get into that a, a little bit later. So. Um, again, it was a movie that I enjoyed while I watched it. And um, it took a little bit of time for me to digest what I saw because so much happened in, in that two and a half hour runtime for us to kind of deal with. It didn't it, it moved pretty briskly. I didn't feel like it dragged too long. I felt like certain beats were, were a little bit repetitive or unnecessary. But all in all, I, like I said, I had a good time, a fun time watching the movie. Now, getting into my thoughts, I feel like for me, out of these three movies in this new trilogy, I feel like this one's easily the best movie. I felt like um, Force Awakens was uh, just a retread of A New Hope, um, just with a nice gloss of shiny paint. But I did like the characters that we were introduced to in the film and wanted to see more of them. And I think that was the biggest, the biggest disappointment and this, um, what is it? The Resistance trilogy of films. Since we have, uh, uh, what is it? We had the, in the prequels, it was the Republic uh, Saga or the Republic trilogy. Then we have the, uh, uh, what was the other? Rebellion. And now we had the Resistance. And I feel like uh, out of this trilogy, I think it was the most disappointing because I felt like it had the most potential but it just never fully reached that potential. And it would have been nice if Disney would have had more of a solid game plan on the direction of where the trilogy of films were, were going. Um, and it's a lot of, you know, stuff being talked about behind the scenes of, you know, Kathleen Kennedy's deal ends at the end of sometime in 2021. And maybe they need new leadership. We know she's notably had, pretty much had issues with every director that she's worked with on every one of the, the Star Wars films. And I just feel like this was ill-conceived and he did not have a clear-cut vision of where these three films were going to ultimately end up. I think they had a very sketchy, kind of rough idea on how it all was going to end. But you could definitely tell, um, especially coming off of a very uh, divisive um, The Last Jedi into the rise of Skywalker that um, they were do going out of their way. And, you know, I commend JJ Abrams from take, even taking this job after, you know, everything that happened with Carrie Fisher passing away with, what was it? Uh, Terrio, not Terrio. Um, uh, Colin Navarro is it Colin Navarro, uh, Jurassic world dude that was supposed to direct the movie and they didn't like his script. And, you know, it was all that going on and, you know, he was fired and then they needed a replacement. Um, he came in and he did the best he possibly could to kind of uh, potentially tell a story that he wanted to tell and then uh, kind of try to appease fans for uh, The Last Jedi. And it was a lot of course correcting, then trying to resolve plots from nine movies worth of story. Um, it was a big undertaking, and you can tell that this movie was kind of a, what's the word? It was choppy at uh, parts, and you can tell that way more was shot. And I think I I heard somewhere that maybe, like, the one of the cuts of the movie was 
like probably double the length. And so a lot got left on the cutting room floor because it was it was so much they had to tackle. Um, so it left a lot of characters feeling like they didn't get much screen time. They were very underdeveloped. Then they had to deal with they were using um, archive footage that JJ shot, extra footage that he shot from um, uh, Force Awakens with Carrie Fisher that they they used in this film. So they kind of had to write around setting those things up to to be respectful to her memory which i'm thankful that they did and i felt like they they worked pretty well but then it was other aspects of things that didn't work well um we know jj famously set up um a lot of stuff with the um what uh snoke that then you know i felt like ryan johnson just gave him a big middle finger when he uh had him be killed off so easily in the last jedi um, and then so insert Palpatine and, you know, I love Sheev Pal- Palpatine as a villain, but it's just like, it's crazy. Like, okay, he's behind it again. So basically everything that happened in this trilogy of movies all ultimately was manipulated by one overarching villain, which is Palpatine. Now I wouldn't have had a problem with that if we knew that from the very beginning, but we had all these things set up with Snoke being his own entity, uh, uninfluenced or untethered by Palpatine just to, to come to figure that no he even manipulated Snoke as well um, and I it, it felt very force fed and it didn't work for me I think that's one aspect of the movie that I think bothered me the most is that the inclusion of Palpatine just didn't work and I, it just felt uh, forced you know forced on and uh, those scenes kind of were like my least favorite in the the movie to be honest with you um i felt like you know a lot of actors like i said earlier because the the cut of this film was so choppy i felt like you know carrie russell naomi aki kelly marie tran lapita nuango uh damhawk gleason uh were all criminally under utilizing the film and i felt like it was more there but again it got left on the cutting room floor so those characters and they they seemed like all really new cool characters but we and and you know and uh, Kelly Marie Tran you know uh, it was good to see her and see that her character had like evolved like her look her style and it seemed like she definitely had a way more important role in the resistance but we really didn't get much time with her at all it seemed like she was going to be like that fourth character kind of included in our with our core characters and it really wasn't. They just really didn't address like her and Finn's relationship, if they had a relationship based on all the setup from the last film at all. Uh, so it just felt very underutilized and very, very choppy. Um, I felt like after watching these three films, out of those three core characters, Finn, Ray, and Poe, that I've, I've, I feel like after that three movies, I feel like I, I still know little to nothing about all those characters, you know, and they, you know, um, the explanation behind Ray's parentage about her being a Palpatine, like they didn't even explain how Palpatine even had, uh, children, you know, it was nothing ever discussed about, um, you know, that he had a bloodline, he had, you know, uh, you know, family and things, things of that nature. So it's really curious to find out, oh, uh, we had a son or a daughter, I can't remember which. And then, you know, they had Ray and then they got killed off. That all kind of felt weird. Um, you know, like I said, 
and it was funny, like so much stuff that people theorize after the very first movie going into the second movie. Um, all a lot of I heard theories about Ray being a Palpatine, like after after uh, Force Awakens going into The Last Jedi that, you know, so a lot of speculation and that people threw out there all kind of it was like they read the same fan fiction and they just went with it. that So it worked. And like I said, if that was a little bit more executed better, um, I think the one another issue is like the scripting of the film. I feel like so much of the story was random plot lines taken from other areas of Star Wars lore. Um, like a lot of stuff had been taken from legends through books and comics. Then we have um, stuff from the Clone Wars. Then we have stuff from Star Wars Rebels and all, so on and so forth in different books and whatever. Some of the books are in canon, but the older books, the Legends books are not in the comics. And, you know, they had delved with Palpatine being cloned and he had came back through cloning uh, so much. They took stuff from the Mandalorian, which we we saw with Baby Yoda that um, force healing uh, was a thing that we never knew and saw before. Uh, we had seen it just in this week's episode that came out Wednesday, right before Rise of uh, Skywalker was released. So when we saw it in a movie, you know, um, and I feel like it was very poorly executed and not explained at all. You know, I knew what it was because I watched the man. I have Disney Plus and I watched the Mandalorian. But if you hadn't seen that, then you you wouldn't know what was going on. and You wouldn't really have a context. And they did nothing to explain what that whole thing was and it ended up being a very important plot device throughout the movie especially when it came to the end with kylo's character saving ray um and it just was not explained well um i did not like one thing i, I didn't care for in the story element is we had never heard this before in any of the comics or anything else is like once you know the um once you're a Jedi, you're imbued with the power of all the Jedi. And when you're a Sith, you're imbued with all the the power of all the Sith. So, like, it came down to in that final fight that Palpatine had all the power and knowledge of all the Sith. And then Rey had all the powers, powers and all the knowledge of the, um, of the uh, Jedi. It just seemed hokey. And I just, you know, now the Force is a living, breathing in, uh, entity, like they said that. You know, everyone contributes into it and you could channel it. But just I don't know, maybe just how it was executed or even explained in the film. Just I don't, it just was like, OK, whatever. I just didn't like that phrasing of it. It just didn't work, uh, you know, extremely well for me. Um, I felt like they used the overabundance of action uh scenes and even though they were shot extremely well and this was a beautifully shot film that i felt like um they use the big overarching multiple action shots to cover up the flimsy story and the thrown together narrative to cover that up with a bunch of action and you know some people felt like the other two movies lacked action so they said okay now we're gonna go all in on action and i felt like it was it was too much it was you know action without substance though it was visually stunning it just it was no real substance you know to it and the movie just was packed with action from the beginning because they knew they the story was thin so they just threw action set pieces like kylo 
looking for the different pieces and it just was not well well explained like i said when and if you just took the movie in as the experience in the moment you're just be like you would just go along for the ride but like i said the moment i stepped out of the theater and me and my wife got in the car we started talking about the film but you know and she doesn't you know she doesn't read the comics that i've read and and you know i've listened to a few of the audio books and i have more of them that I, i'm going to listen to um that so I knew different things about the world and certain things that happened. And I understood some of the things that I saw the dagger, the dagger was not explained at all. That was um, from clone wars and um, it wasn't elaborated on or explained to any, in any way whatsoever, the force healing, uh, just different things, Palpatine cloning. I wish that those aspects of the story, which felt very important were just really glanced over as little to nothing. Um, I, but I feel like all the actors, despite the issues I have with the script or how the story was executed, I felt like all the actors did a, a really good job. Ian McDermott was totally over the top. Like you needed to be for Palpatine. Um, you know, but again, it just leaves, I, I just, I feel an overwhelming feeling when I think about the rise of Skywalker and I think about this resistance trilogy of films is that it's I, I the phrase that comes back to mind over and over again is a, um, a lost opportunity. I felt like it was an opportunity for so much more to be done with Star Wars and moving the moving the franchise forward, going into for even another generation of kids and fans and i feel like the ball ultimately was dropped in that aspect of things um i hope they continue on i know they're saying there's gonna be no more necessarily star wars films uh star wars as far as the star wars saga but we would see more of these characters again i don't know if it's going to be through books a show animated show a disney plus live action show um, no one knows at this point. I feel like the brand, um, I, I, at first I was upset about them taking a break coming after this film. Now, after seeing the film, though I enjoyed it, I'm kind of happy they are going to take a couple years break. Um, I think they're on the right track with Disney plus telling more, uh, long term, long, uh, excuse me, long term story telling. Uh, I think that worked. We see, we saw the blueprint set what Marvel Netflix with those shows. And I feel like in that format and uh, Mandalorian, what we have, you know, one more episode to go next week of the Mandalorian. Um, and I, so I feel like that longer form having, you know, six, eight, even 10 episodes of narrative to develop plot lines and storylines and develop characters over, over uh, a series like that. Um, it helps helps any property that is uh, related to and Mandalorian has shown that it's different. It's not a perfect show, but I've really enjoyed it. And I'm more excited on about the TV side with Disney plus seeing the first example coming out the gate with the Mandalorian. So I'm looking forward to the Obi-Wan show and the, um, Cassian and Andor uh, show and whatever other shows they that they'll do for Star Wars going on, you know, going forward. Um, I haven't watched Star Wars. What is it? Resistance, the animated show. Um, but I've watched their other. I've watched Clone Wars. I've watched uh, uh, Rebels. So I'm, I want to get into that as well. And I, I feel like he, here's the thing. I think this trilogy um, 
will leave a bad taste in people's mouths, similar to like how the prequels did for whatever reason. And I think it was Disney learning how to handle this this uh, this franchise. And so I think as time goes um, in different shows will come out and connect tissue and more comics will be out and flesh out the gaps in between and it'll all come together but here's the thing and this is the saddest part um the clone wars television show helped the 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 prequels out so much because it really fleshed out anakin's character and obi-wan's character their relationship yoda all those different aspects of, of people and and um, like Rogue One is one of my my favorite of the Disney movies. And I think the reason why I connected to it is before that movie came out, they had a book Catalyst that gave so much insight into the characters of. Um, of uh, Gosh, what's the main character's name? The main character in that movie and her father. Urso. Uh, um, or so I can't remember her first name, but you know what I'm talking about. Uh, and her dad, and 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 the, even the villain in the movie, like so much context was and so much setup and character development happened in that book. So I was already all into those characters by the time I sat down and watched that movie for the first time because of I had all that that background, uh, different miniseries, and I could say one thing with Disney owning Marvel and owning all these other properties, Marvel has put out some extremely good. Not all of them have been home runs, but they've all did different things to add to the lore and the canon. And they did a um, uh, what was it? Obi Wan, Anakin, and Obi Wan, a miniseries that. Uh, showed and gave more context on how how um Anakin was treated and received by Jedi's which explains a lot to how uh Sheev was able to infiltrate and manipulate uh Anakin the way he was able to um so I feel like as time passes we'll get we'll get comics we'll get books that will fill in those gaps of time and flesh out these characters more then hopefully by the time if they do decide to do another movie or do do something live action with these characters that then if you um are a diehard fan or fan that enjoys the enjoys the star wars lore and other forms of media will be able to get a fuller story but there's so many fans that only watch the movies so they don't get the context or understand the developments or then can go back and now you see how the different pieces fit together because they do a good job on the back end of correct course correcting through books through uh shows through uh comics as well and it's it's worked and since i'm a you know we we are huge comic fans that helps you know a ton uh in in that aspect but like i said um i felt like it it had so much potential and it just fell short um, I still own, yeah, I own all eight films. I'll own this one when it comes out. Uh, as far as my overall score of the movie, I gave it a score of uh, 7.5 out of 10. And I wanted to look at where that um, lined up with uh, the rest of the movies. I went back to my previous reviews. So I gave this one a 7.5 out of 10. Um, I gave... The Rise of Skywalker at the time. These are my initial reviews, not how I felt later. I gave the um, Last Jedi, I gave it an 8.5 out of 10. Um, and then I gave The Force Awakens at the time. Um, uh, 
I gave it a, a, a between a, a seven and an eight. I didn't do my specific number score because I wasn't doing that at the time. Uh, but it was a date night rental. And on my scale, date night rental is between a seven and an eight. So it falls kind of in between. So they all kind of feel like they're they're decent or solid movies. You know what I mean? Um, they won't. I feel like they'll never resonate like the original trilogy uh, has. Uh, not for me, because, you know, I was born in 75 I saw all the original Star Wars movies in the theater except for Return of the Jedi. I've seen every theatrical release of a Star Wars movie except for Return of the Jedi in theaters. Yeah. I even saw, as people forget, that the Clone Wars uh, had a, uh, that had a theatrical release, the the pilot episodes. Uh, They were put together in a movie and that was actually released theatrically. So yeah, I've seen everyone in theaters except for that. Um, in my child, you know, in my lifetime. And um, again, I'm a kid of the 80s. I grew up on the original trilogy that will always be kind of my go to. And I think my favorite um, movie in the Star Wars legacy of films will still always be Empire Strikes Back. I think that's the best Star Wars movie of um, all of them, in my personal opinion. And it's just that my personal opinion, not trying to, you know, shade at nobody or anything like that but that just seems to be my favorite um now i saw some reports on that they're going to be releasing this movie is going to be hitting home video sometime in march of 2020 um and they're going to be doing a skywalker uh saga and i heard uh details uh online about um uh that they're going to do a similar thing with Best Buy that they did with the Avenger uh, with the uh, MCU box that they had all the movies, but this will just have the nine Skywalker uh, saga films in it, which is sad because I feel like you should include Rogue One in that because it very much ties into it. But it's just going to be the the initial the core nine Sky Skywalker saga films. But I really think. Uh, Rogue One should be in that set, but it's not included from the reports unless they change it later. And that's subject to change because we have months before it comes out. But I feel like that needs to be included in there. That's a really important part of the Skywalker saga is Rogue One. But I digress. That's going to be coming in a little while. So, um, you know, I'll revisit this movie at a later point and it might change. And I, and once it's out on home video, you, you can watch the three films as a full trilogy and then be able to dive deeper. And I think it's a lot of discussion that can be had uh, between a lot of the decisions that were made behind closed doors, behind the scenes in the process of making these films, that they feel like three totally separate films that are are thrown piece together by very thin plot threads throughout the movies out the one thing that was the constant was the characters but again i felt like they were never fully developed i think where some of the characters were left coming out of this movie towards the end um set some up so much for things to come in the future but will we ever get those things i know daisy ridley said you know she doesn't want to do another star wars movie anytime anytime soon or it that was what she was said uh, around i think when the rise of Skywalker, not in the rise of Skywalker, when the last Jedi came out, when she was done with this trilogy, she kind of wanted to step away for a while. She's super young. That might change. You know, it might not. It might be a while before we, we have another one of these, these films. We don't know what direction they, and they, you know, we've had so many announcements recently. We had that Kevin Feige might, is going to be producing and overseeing 
a Star Wars movie at some point. We had uh, the Benny Offenweiss thing, but they they've exited. Uh, it's still Ryan Johnson supposedly was supposed to have a trilogy in there. Uh, it's, it's so so many different rumors, but we know we won't get the next film what until like 2022. So that break is good for me. I know in the interim in that time frame we're gonna have the Cassie and Andor show and the Obi Wan show, and they're already shooting uh, Mandalorian season two. Um, and there's going to still be plenty of comics and, and so forth that's going to be coming out. So, and I've, I've honestly been enjoying Star Wars and other mediums more than I have enjoyed the movies. And since since uh, Disney has taken over the core movies, like I said, I I and I loved Rogue One. I really enjoyed and thought um, uh, Solo was uh, was fun. Uh, even though it wasn't quite the movie I wanted it to be, I still enjoyed it for what it was. And I would like to see something, uh, you know, uh, some type of sequel to that. Um, but time will tell to see how everything shakes out. Um, but again, I did, like I said, enjoy the movie. Was it my favorite of all time out of the Star Wars uh, saga of films? No, but I think it was the best out of this trilogy which on one side I feel like is not saying much because it was so much to improve upon from each movie. Uh, but um, it's, like I said, once you start pulling at the thread, this movie crumbles or folds quicker than a deck of cards, just to be honest. Uh, but again, it depends on your perspective because I've read a lot of the Star Wars comics since Disney taken over. So many things that I would have liked to see included that was even set up or fleshed out in some of those uh, countdown to Force Awakens there and, and the rise of, uh, I know I haven't read the Rise of Skywalker stuff yet. I bought the stuff recently uh, with all the sales going on, but I haven't read it yet. But the stuff they did around The Last Jedi with Phasma and other things that, like I said, I think it, more meat and more clarity will be uh, given to some of these holes to fill in some of these holes because they're great. I, I'll say on the tail end, um, Lucasfilms is, is great at filling out those holes and smoothing all the stuff out from films uh, through these other mediums. So I look forward to seeing and reading those things going forward. But that's really all my thoughts that I have on The Rise of Skywalker. Uh, like I said, it's uh, a lot more that needs to be you know done. I like I said, I me personally. I'm cool with not seeing another Star Wars movie for a couple of years. Um, really, I could use the break. And I'm like I said, I'm so excited to see the new directions they go on. And like I said, through like Disney Plus moving forward with the franchise that has reinvigorated my excitement as a Star Wars fan more so than the movies. So um, I'm all aboard on that. But that's all I really have for you guys for this episode. This is I didn't get this recorded yesterday, which was Monday. This is a. Uh, christmas eve morning i wanted to like i promised you guys a regular episode i wanted to get it out so i want to wish you all a merry christmas um it'll be another episode out next week so we'll have a similar format you'll have one going into the new year as well um and i just want to tell you guys how much i appreciate all of you all of your support through all the things that i've gone through personally in the past year with my health and just supporting the show um, it's going to be some changes that I want to talk about that I need to talk to you guys about going into next year, but that'll come probably after the new year. 
Um, but again, if you enjoy the content that I do um, and you want to help support the show, you can always look at uh, Patreon. I have it's patreon.com forward, forward slash comic book savant. You can always go to the website, which is comicbooksavant.com. If you want to do a one time donation um, to contribute to the show or go over the Patreon where you can do a monthly contribution that automatically would come out and you have perks and benefits and you have access to uh additional material through the patreon campaign uh that really helps support the show and that that's one of the things i want to talk about going into the new year that that's going to actually become more of a vital part going forward and keeping the show going and to do the things that i want to do to keep growing the show and i'm going to really need your guys support but again we'll talk about that at a later time you guys have helped me so much this year getting the show to this point but we want to go above and beyond and grow and get bigger and get better so um it's more to do it's more work to do on that side but i just want you guys to enjoy your holiday be safe and i love all you guys and until next time you guys stay safe and i'll talk to you soon take care (laughs) 